This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey guys, I did want to let you guys know, trigger warning for those of you out there listening, we are going to talk about the uh, Boulder shooting here this, uh, this last week. So um, trigger warning for those of you listening. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy as usual, Eric Bradley. And today we're talking to country star, Lauren Elena. We'll talk to you in a few minutes about her recent bout with COVID, her time on American Idol and Dancing with the Stars, and how she learned the difference between fame and success. Lauren just had a number one song with Hardy, One Beer, and her new single with John Party, Getting Over Him, is climbing the charts. So we're going to talk to Lauren Elena coming up, but first, me and Eric did want to take some time to discuss uh, what happened not far from our homes here in Denver, Colorado, in Boulder, which is, man, like, what, 30 miles from here? Not very far from here. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes from where I live. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, there was a... Uh, tragedy at a King Supers, which those of you that don't know, it's it's a grocery store. A shooter walked in and opened fired on shoppers there. And obviously, not only is this our you know hometown and uh, it affects us tremendously, and you know seeing seeing videos, hearing stories, um, seeing the names of of those that passed. Unfortunately, we're about ten. It sounds like ten victims. You know, this sits pretty close to me as well because I went through a school shooting when I was in high school. And um, I'm very much aware of the effect it can have on so many lives, whether you were, you know, in that store, whether you live in that town, I know that their lives will forever be changed. And uh, we just, I mean, basically want to give our thoughts and prayers to to those affected by the tragedy in Boulder. Yeah, friends, family. Yeah, everybody's family and friends. And um, we're going to continue to provide, I've provided some sources on my Instagram of ways you can, um, there's some GoFundMes out there you can donate to. There's also um, some vigils being held throughout Boulder the next week or so, you know, any way you can help, whether it be money, whether it be time, whether it be donations, whatever you can, trust me, it means the world to those, those people in Boulder. It's hard. It's hard. And unfortunately it happens all too often. And one thing like, yeah, I wanted to like maybe ask or sign some light on your situation because a lot of people listening probably don't know that you were involved and survived a mass shooting at your high school, Platte Canyon mm-hmm. High School. And not only were you in there, your mom was in the building. She was a teacher there and also your sister. And like maybe like some of the, the after effects and like maybe the things in the moment, like what you were going through while that was transpiring. Like I said, unfortunately, this happens all too often. Like, honestly, there's so many that, you know, shootings like this that happen across the country. And every single one really does does affect me and, you know, others that have been through it in a, in a sort of different sense. I mean, like Eric said, I, you know, it wasn't just me that day. You know, I think it's a little different when, when you're in harm's way, but it, when it's the people you love also being in harm's way, it, it can, you know, it obviously affects you a little differently. And I'll never forget that day when we were finally escorted. You know, I was hiding in a room with fellow classmates for hours, four, five, six hours. Um, when we were finally evacuated into the building next door into the gym, I'll never forget the the like sense of panic at first when you don't see, you know, the people you love. I did not see right away my mom and my sister. Um, and then eventually I did find them in the crowd, you know, on the hug when they, you know, we embraced each other and it was just such a sense of relief and you're thankful, but at the same time, you know, you know, in my case, there was one family, unfortunately, that wasn't able to have that embrace um, with their daughter. 
Uh, and in this sense, you know, there's, there's 10 families that didn't get that embrace. And so I think when, when these kind of tragedies happen, I think, I think I, I, I can, I guess in a sense, I can sympathize a little bit in a way with some of those families that didn't get that embrace because I know how panicked I was and how much I, I, you know, I needed that embrace and they're not now not, you know, able to have that. And so I, you know, I can't imagine being actually in their shoes because I did get that embrace and, and they're not able to. And so the thoughts and prayers are with them. And like I said, their family and friends and those lives have changed forever. And hopefully, like I said, if you can help in any, any way, trust me, it, it means the world. I know during my, uh, my school shooting, the community, the state, the country came together. I mean, we were constantly, you know, like, I can't even describe the amount of, of like help we got from, from whether it be people, you know, I had victims from Columbine call victims from other, you know, school shootings all over the country call me and stuff. So if any way you can help, trust me, it means the world, even if it's in, in the smallest way possible, it, it means the world to those people. So um, we'll put, continue to ride. Maybe we'll put some, some stuff in the, um, you know, description. We'll put some links for everybody to help out the smallest things mean the world. All right, coming up, our chat with Lauren Elena behind the rose. Thanks for joining us, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, yeah, we're excited. We've been, we've been wanting you on for a while, so I'm glad this all worked out because obviously you've had, you were just tested positive for COVID. So <laughs> I'm glad you, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on, but how are you feeling? I'm doing much better. I was, I was pretty sick for three days of it. I was really sick. Um, yeah. Not like go to the hospital sick, thank God. But I was on the couch feeling like, this is not, this is worse than the flu. Like I was, the worst part for me, I lost all sense of smell and taste. That's crazy. Which is indescribable, honestly. Yeah. See, I haven't had it. So I don't know what that, everybody talks about it. I'm like, that's I went over a year, over a year. I was <laughs> like, close. also I was kind of like the person that was like, yeah, I haven't had COVID. You know why? Cause I don't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I had it. I'm like, where the mailman gave it to me or something. I'm not, I'm like, I woke up one day and I was like, oh, the, everything's blooming. I have allergies. And then two days later, I was like, I have COVID. Like, <laughs> I know. And then I um, actually got someone to come out to my house to test me because I didn't want to go anywhere. And that was the right move, yeah. Uh, I was positive. Wow. So like, did you do anything cool? Like, did you like eat anything that you were like testing to see if you could taste it or like did you smell like tabasco or like yeah. something crazy like that like pepper? take a spoonful of sriracha yeah yeah um actually yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so when it first started happening the first thing i noticed i wasn't feeling great but it felt like allergies like i said and then i was eating a bowl of cereal which i can't think of anything more sad than maybe ice cream Besides yeah, not yeah. Eating, being able to taste cereal. I love cereal. And yeah. I was like, it tasted muted. It tastes like somebody dumped a bunch of water on it or something. <laughs> and I was like, I don't taste milk. I taste water. This is not, these Cheerios taste like nothing else. So <laughs> I feel like this isn't what is supposed to be happening. But I could, I could still kind of taste it. So I FaceTimed my manager, Trisha, and I was like, my, my food tastes weird. But you know, when you have a sinus infection, sometimes it's all connected. So I was like, maybe I have a sinus infection. And um, she said, 
why don't you get some sriracha and put it in your mouth and say, so I was like, I am, this is fine. I squirted <laughs> the most sriracha and I was like, <gasps> I can taste it. I can taste it. I can. And that was the first day of like the, and then like by that night, there was nothing. Wow. But I never worked up the nerve to do the sriracha. Do it again. Like, this was a mistake. Like, this, That's pretty funny. this was a mistake I probably won't do again, you know? <laughs> and you were super close to getting your uh, vaccine, right? Okay. I found out, like, I started having problems on a Wednesday. Okay. Like, symptoms. Like, I really bad symptoms on Wednesday. And then my scheduled vaccination was the next Tuesday. Oh, was, and you made it a full year wild. too. Oh. I was within a week of getting oh. my vaccination. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, that's brutal. And I was getting the Johnson and Johnson, which is the one and done. One and yep. done. Yep. Yeah, which we were lucky enough to get. And yeah, we just got yesterday. So, so sorry to, which <laughs> yeah, is not Tuesday. to rub it in or anything. <laughs> so <laughs> we were supposed to all get the vaccination together and we didn't. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, honestly, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, so, so the COVID that caused you to cancel an acoustic show in Kentucky as well, right? Yep. Would that have been your first show back? Yes. And oh. so close. I was so nervous about doing the show, you know? And I was also really excited to do the show, which the what, the people putting on the show have already done one. Mm -hmm. And it's very socially distanced and people are, it's a really, really big venue. that yeah. they. It was spread. at Rep Arena, right? Yes. Yeah. Rep Arena. So they spread people like way out. So they've gone through like all of these, like all of this trouble to make sure it's safe for everyone. And I was so excited to actually be on a stage again. And then I got, I got no. COVID. I mean, <laughs> are you joking? Like, and I was kind of like, I don't want to say I was snobby about it, but I was proud that I hadn't had it. Jinx yourself. You were so like, that could have been a worse timing. You know, you're about to get the vaccine. You're about to do your first show. <laughs> also, I'm leaving oh. for my movie. Oh. And so I had to bump the leave date for the movie back. So every, I mean, it was like, the world's like actual worst timing. If I could have picked in the whole last year, not that I would ever pick to get COVID, but if I could have picked a time to block off to not get it, <laughs> it would have been this time. Oh man. Oh, that's brutal. Well, I'm glad you're feeling fine now. I mean, you're uh, feeling better at least, right? Are you hundred yeah. percent? You think? No, definitely not a hundred percent. I've started, which this is rare. I think for a lot of people, I only lost my sense of taste and smell for like six days. Hmm. so it's kind of coming back like that's good yeah you, if my dog farted i'd probably still wouldn't smell it but <laughs> well, that's um, a good thing yeah <laughs> i'm really sorry i just said farted i probably should have said that that's not the worst thing that's been said on this podcast no. i promise okay. you that <laughs> okay good I know, but my mom will be really mad at me i'm gonna get a call i hope your mom listens to this she will and she'll call and say that was not ladylike and i'll say I'm i was also in sweatpants so sue me <laughs> just kidding i love you mom so much but um it's kind of i'm at the point where i'll feel better and i'll like clean and then i feel bad again oh so, gotcha yeah I'm trying not to overextend. Yeah, the energy still isn't quite 100%. Yeah. So do you got any other shows on the docket right now? I mean, is that was that kind of like the start of everything again? It was the only one I had. Oh, no. 
Because I'm like really selective in what I want to do right now. Obviously, I don't want to put someone in a situation or an environment where they can get sick, which obviously leaving your house at any point is putting yourself at risk. Right. Mm -hmm. But I felt like, you know, I only want to do shows that I feel like they're really taking it seriously and making following all guidelines to make sure that people are in the safest possible situation they can be in while going to a concert. But yeah, I'm leaving for five weeks for Vancouver next week. So is that we, that movie you were talking about? Yeah, I'm doing a movie. Not a bad place to be. Vancouver is beautiful. No, and I'm in an Airbnb. Listen mm. to this. So I'm two weeks quarantined or 10 days or whatever is the rule. And then I'm free for like three days. <laughs> and then I have to quarantine for 14 more days in Vancouver. Wait, what? It's like their ma- the government mandate is that you have to quarantine if you come into the country yeah. for 14 days. Wow. So I'm going from a quarantine to a quarantine. Oh. I was quarantined for almost an entire month. Wow. That sounds horrible. I'm not going to lie. Like everything you've said thus far in this podcast has been yeah. pretty brutal. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's been- That's what I mean. It's like the worst timing. It's like the, yeah, worst, it's the worst. So let's get I'm into just... the new EP. Oh, yeah. Do you guys want to talk about music? Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. As much as your COVID yeah. experience has been good to talk to, but that would have been your first time playing for a live audience for, with your new EP. Yeah. And John Party played the show too. Oh. And our single with John Party is out. Yes. Yep. All getting over him. Yeah. And I think we're charting this week, fingers crossed. But I'm really excited about the song. And I love John Party. And he actually played it without me. And his fiddle player sang my parts. It's actually kind of funny. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But we were going to get to sing it again. Oh, that's got to be brutal to think about. So, so what exactly did you have in mind when you wrote this song? Because there's a lot into it. Like, I feel like you put a lot into this song and this EP, the whole EP album itself. Thank you. I So I went through two really public breakups, mm-hmm. which is super duper fun. I highly <laughs> recommend. I know how that's like. So yeah, it's not fun at all. It's the worst He's thing been through several. Being in love in the public is not the move for me anymore. I feel like learned my lesson, but I, so I was engaged and then that didn't work out and have no, nothing but wonderful things to say about him. And then I went through another relationship that was very different and didn't end very well. And then I went on Dancing with the Stars. And while I was on Dancing with the Stars, I realized I was like, I haven't been single since high school for a like long period. Wow. Because my my first relationship was six and a half years. Oh my gosh. And then I had the other guy. <laughs> and um how, what do I say? This is the part where y'all told me not to mess it up and not say things I couldn't. Right, I'll make the timestamp right now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But I just, I realized I hadn't ever been like on dates or been like single and flirty. And I was like, and one of my, and I kind of flirted with this guy for a while. We were kind of hanging out and it didn't work out. And one of my friends said to me, well, you know what? It's okay that it didn't work out with you guys because the best thing he gave you is he helped you get over that last guy. Yeah. Like he showed you that you you can be with someone else. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I guess he was just my getting over him guy, which I never, I want to go ahead and say, I didn't use this guy to do that. I actually liked him. It turns out he didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so it turns out when I, I'm not very good at being single. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> I make jokes about myself that I'm like the flirtiest person in the world unless I need to. And then I'm like, hi. He's <laughs> <laughs> a little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> just as a security number. Just kidding. Um, kind of. But I wrote this song about that, just like flirting and harmlessly flirting and doing that thing. And, um, and then I was like, after I wrote it, I mid writing it, I was like, I want this to be a duet. I want mm. like the male and female perspective on it. So then we wrote the second verse from the guy's point of view. And like everybody's kind of winning because it's like this guy's not really in a place where he's like trying to settle down either. So we're just like hanging out and having a good time. And then after we described this human, I was listening back to it and I was like, how, how did we describe John Party? <laughs> that was totally John Party like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I called him and I was like, hey, you want to do this song? And it was like the denim on denim line really sold him, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yes. And it's cool because not, there's not many songs out there like that. There's a lot of like heartbreaking songs and like those kinds of songs. But I like that where it's like, it's just like, you know what? Let's just go have fun. You know, like, let's just let's have, have fun. A good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Tinder's going great. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, ew. I've never been on a dating website. I'm going from saying I've never had COVID to now I've never been on a dating website. This is what I've changed it to. I feel like you're going to find your husband on a dating website now. Yeah. Dang, yeah. I was going to say, we're, we're in Nashville next weekend. <laughs> I'm going to swipe right everything till I find you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, Bumble, if you want to sponsor our podcast, uh, we'll get a lean on Bumble. Bumble, Hinge. Yeah. Get at us. <laughs> oh. So when did you guys actually write that song? Was this a quarantine song? Was this something that you wrote? Right before. We wrote it before the quarantine. Yeah. Okay. Basically that whole EP written before quarantine or was some of that written, you know, kind of 50-50, some before, some during. So two or three of them were written on Zoom, actually. Like oh, that. okay. I was going to ask. So like, yeah. did you find it easier to to write songs in quarantine or like, you know, during this time where you have some downtime? Yeah. At first it was easier. And then I was like, I've just stared at my house for a year. So, but I actually am in this. Well, I was when I get back out of quarantine <laughs> in a couple of days, I'm almost there. I will finish my third album that will be out this year. So I'm very excited about that. And I wrote all of those songs within the last like eight weeks. Oh, wow. This third album, let's get back to that. Cause I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you wrote basically all the songs in like eight weeks. Is that normal for you? Are you like a quick songwriter? Mm, yes and no. I mean, it depends. Like, the label pretty much said you have to have this done before you leave for your movie. Oh, so okay. I was, I cried. So get on the ball. <laughs> and then I was like, I can do this. First I said, no way. Then I said, okay, I'll do my best. And right. figure it out. I actually think it's some of the best music I've ever made. I genuinely think that. And I never thought I would love an album more than the Road Less Traveled album. That was a good album. But I beat it, I think. I think I beat it. Ooh, that's Ooh. big talk right Can't there. Wait. It's pretty traditional too. Like there's a lot of really country stuff on there. Like mm -hmm. really, really country. So I tapped into some of the like sounds that I grew up singing. So I'm excited. Ooh, awesome. That. You've been in the spotlight basically your whole life. How old were you when you were on American Idol? You're on the 10th season, right? I was 15 at That's my audition. insane. Wild. <laughs> oh my gosh. Imaging oh my myself. Gosh. <laughs> so what was that like like i know that's probably impossible to put into words but like what is it like to play in front of millions of people at 15 years old it was amazing and terrifying yeah tv is 
it's a whole different animal, which you know. Mm-hmm. But I was 15 and kind of in my awkward, like, chubby face. And <laughs> I did it nationally, you know. And high school wasn't enough for me. I needed the whole world to see <laughs> the scrunchy hair. Like, I was, look at this curly hair of mine. And I'm going to put it on national television and, you know. We're gonna have to find one of those those old photos. We'll post it for sure when we when we uh, we'll find the oh. scrunchie with the curly hair. We'll, we'll find that somewhere. Oh, in the and the rainbow dress with the midway oh. like the belt and the yes, the rhinestone <laughs> flip flops and the matching rainbow heart necklace. Oh my god! I was like, I looked in the mirror that morning. And I was like, this is it, sis. This is it. <laughs> peaked. I've peaked. <laughs> but I love that girl so much. Like that fifteen-year-old girl. With that conf- that unbelievable confidence, like I try to channel her every single day. Yeah, I mean, you you crushed it at fifteen. You crushed it. I mean, it's just still mind boggling to me. You know, like the amount of pressure you must have felt in that moment. Was that something you always wanted to do, or did you kind of just fall into going into American Idol? Like, what what was that? It was my favorite show. Actually, growing up, if I got grounded, I got grounded from American Idol. That's, oh, wow. like, my parents knew that that was a punishment for me. Um, not that I ever got in trouble. Never. Child. But if I did get in trouble, that's what they, how they would punish me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) actually one time, I don't think I've ever told this story. I was grounded from American Idol and I was really sad. And my brother had a TV in his room and I did it. I was such a bookworm. So I really liked to read, but I loved American Idol. So like every Wednesday night, I was like, what's up TV? It's me, Lauren. And they grounded me from it. And my brother felt so bad for me. He left his door open and turned it on. And I laid on the edge of my bed and watched it. Oh, my God. That's pretty adorable, actually. That's pretty great. While the rest of my family watched it downstairs, I watched it upstairs. So shout out to my brother making dreams come true. (laughs) So that must have been incredibly surreal for you then, since you were a fan of the show and then being on it. Like, that was just like a dream, like, the whole time. Like I had been telling people since I was six years old that I was going to win American Idol someday. And I got second. So I wouldn't say I'm psychic, but if you need me to, like, guess what's going to happen to you, I'll get you pretty close. Noted, noted. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That'll be a different podcast. We'll just, uh, we'll talk about, you know, do some palm readings. Lauren Elena guesses what's next. (laughs) (laughs) So was, I mean, you said you were six years old. Did you always like know music was your thing? Like you were like, yeah, damn, I'm good at singing. Like this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Or was it? Yeah, I started singing in front of people. I mean, I started singing like three years old. Um, it was always my thing. I don't remember there ever being a moment. People ask me a lot, like, what moment did you know? And I was like, I think when I started speaking, I started singing. And that's when I knew. Like, I just, it was, it's just who I am. But I think I realized I was uh, really good. <laughs> Is that okay to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. yeah you could say, I feel yeah. like figured out I was a total badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I want to say that in the most humble way possible, but I realized <laughs> around nine or 10 when I was doing singing competitions against adults and winning that I was kind of like, maybe something's, maybe something's happening here. Yeah. And then I started writing songs. At like nine or 10? Yeah. Wow. And then 
That's when I knew. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get a job at CeCe's Pizza when I'm 15, but I'm only going to be there for about six months. So. <laughs> Damn, that's, that's, that's dope that you like knew you were like, you know what? No, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to live. My I'm going to work there to buy this rainbow dress and these flip flops. <laughs> it's all over for you guys. <laughs> so how do you think that, that experience on American Idol like helped you now in your career, you know, like to get to where you are now? I'm thankful I was young. I mean, there were a lot of things I had to overcome because I was so young. Like I didn't go back to high school and mm -hmm. I've missed interactions with people my age a lot, um, which now I'm thankful for because I pretty much have had to act like an adult and run a business since I was 16, you know? And so that works out for me now as a 26 yeah. year old, but it was, it was hard then. I would say, you know, for me being so young and learning so much on that show, like my favorite people, Beyonce mentored me. Lady that's Gaga mentored me. I met Bruno Mars. Like, yeah, that's so crazy. I was 15 years old, just like thriving. I was like, this is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I learned how to do interviews. I learned how to be on television. I, I overnight learned what it's like to be famous. And I would say in my career, and what I do, the hardest thing I do is be like, is, is being famous. Mm -hmm. Like fame is a crazy animal that no human being is equipped to like handle. It's just, it's really strange. Fame is really strange. Like that's a good way to put it. I never mm -hmm. thought about it. like, like humans aren't equipped to handle like fame. They really aren't. Like No, I mean, because if you think about it, like everything you do is under a microscope, which puts a lot of pressure on you to always do the right thing. And then when you're pressured to always do the right thing, you don't even know. Like I, sometimes I'm like, is this the right thing? Like I'm all, I never want to be the person that's like in the public making insane choices. And I'm like that. It drives me insane to try to make the right choices. No, I, I hear you. I'm terrified to like, even like, even on this podcast, sometimes I'm like, I don't think we should talk about that. Cause if I say the wrong thing, you know, it's like, it's super scary. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. And, but also fame, it, fame is a blessing and a curse, I would say, because yeah. I am able to reach so many people and do what I love. Like not many people out there get to genuinely do what they dream of doing since they were three years old. So you can't really have one without the other. So it's just something that I've had to have a lot of therapy on how to be a normal person and to feel like a normal person, but also do it in front of a lot of people. Mm. <laughs> so my therapist, bless her heart, earns her money. Uh, <laughs> but I learned, I learned that really early on. So it's been a, like fame has been a part of my life since I was a teenager. I, it's almost all I, yeah, all yeah. I know. So to answer your question, I think American Idol kind of helped me learn that very quickly. Like it happened yeah. for me very quickly. Fame. Success didn't come for me for years, which are very two very different things. Mm -hmm. That's actually a great point. Are very, very different. So I was famous. I did I wasn't successful and I had to work really, really hard yeah. to be successful. And then mm -hmm. I had to work really hard to figure out how to be famous. And the where I kind of landed was. I don't always have to look like this. I go to Kroger looking like a hot mess. And if somebody gets a picture, sorry, that's what I look like. The people in my real life love me that way. So you're just going to have to try to, too. I'm sorry. You're right. Like, that's all you've known. And we know, I mean, there's 
I mean, so many examples of people who had the fame early and ended up super messed up. So like you've handled yourself super well, you know? Like, I haven't done it flawlessly. <laughs> but you've done something always, right. <laughs> I've not always done the right thing, I'm sure, but I'm trying. I mean, it's so early, you can still mess up. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> You're only 26. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting because like we talked with your, your castmate, Scotty McCreary, and he pretty much said the same thing. He's like, he learned fame early, but the success did not come right after Idol. Like. Mm-hmm. That didn't come for a little while after. Which I think a lot of people don't understand. They think, oh, like you're famous. That means you're successful. But you're right. That does, It doesn't come hand in hand. They're different. They are. I mean, mm-hmm. like people perceive that you're successful, but yep. um, p- people thinking you're successful and and you being successful are different. And that's that was really hard for me, too, because there was a point in my career where nothing was happening for me and I was broke. Couldn't pay my bills. But. I couldn't like work at Nordstrom because I was trying to maintain this perception that I was like killing it. So that was a really weird time for me. But then I was like, maybe I'll babysit kids or something. And then I got a deal with Cracker Barrel and they gave me milk carts. And I ate Cracker Barrel for like six straight weeks until I could find a way to make some money. So they I ate Cracker Barrel every meal. (laughs) That's a cool story because I think a lot of people think like, oh, she was on American Idol and then her life's been cake. Since, but that's not, that's not. No, I had six failed singles at country radio. I'd say, well, I don't want to call them failures because they got me here, but I mean, I'm not even sure any of them broke the top 30. Maybe one of them broke top 30 and then road less traveled went number one. And now I have what ifs and one beer is number ones. And hopefully this, uh, Hey, I'm on a streak with doing songs with God. <laughs> you started listening them off like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> John Party. Save some for the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and like your your platform, you talked about your platform, like how you've, you've been given this platform and you've used it. Not, you have used it in a good way. Like, I think you've touched a lot of people, not only with your music, but like opening up about your struggles and everything, you know, since, since American Idol and stuff. So it's pretty cool. I think I had to like, I, I, I was really nervous to share anything about myself for a long time. And the moment I finally did that, I, it was like, I lost a hundred pounds, mm-hmm. like emotionally <laughs> because I wasn't trying to be the, this perfect human. And I wrote where this traveled about my eating disorder and fame and like mm-hmm. letting other people dictate my life and not needing to do that. And that changed my life. And then now, you know, I've written about the breakups and that one guy that was horrible is I'm just so thankful that that, that happened because I'm living off of that now. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, everything happens for a reason, but I did decide like at some point just to be truthful. Like obviously some things I keep to myself for myself, like my family is my thing. That is outside of all of this. And I think that's important for me to have something that feels like outside of work. Because this life is like, this career is like a lifestyle. You know, it's not something that you don't oh, punch from nine to five. It's like, I'm working at Kroger sometimes because I'm meeting fans. So it's like an interesting thing. But I decided to let people in and it changed my life. And um Now I kind of, it also helps me to not to feel so alone. You know, a lot of people are looking at me, but I don't necessarily get to see them. And so when I started sharing my stories, I started hearing theirs. 
And that brought me a sense of peace too, just to kind of feel like, you know, we're all in this together and we're all going through similar things and doing mm-hmm. our best. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I always say, you know, like when you have, whether you're on American Idol and you, you got the success, you know, like people don't, can't really relate to that. But when you talk about your struggles and your bottom that you hit, you know, people can relate to that because everybody's hit bottom at some point. So it is like a cool thing to be able to relate to people when you're at your lowest, because people, I don't know, it's, it's inspirational is, and I'm sure you've changed a lot of lives. So it's pretty cool. Thank you. Absolutely. So I do want to talk about kind of what's coming up next for you and some other things. So we'll do that next. All right, Lauren. So you talked about kind of like the fame didn't come or the success didn't necessarily come with the fame. So like, what was your big break? If you had one, if you had to pick one, what would be like where you were like, okay, I can do this. Like, This is something I could turn into a career. I would say the first thing that really made me feel like I've, okay, I can do this. I'll, I'll, I'll give you two. Okay. Cause they were different. So the first one was when road less traveled went number one, because I feel like, I felt like country radio really rallied behind me and championed me into that. And that meant a lot to me because I've done a lot of radio shows and met a lot of people in radio. So for them to kind of give me that shot, you know, it is kind of like a, a good song will have a great life. Like a great song has a great life, but there are a lot of key players that kind of help make that happen. And I felt like a lot of people championed me and gave me, not gave me, I worked really hard for a bit, helped me have that moment. So that's when I was like, okay, I can do this. People are believing me and giving me a shot. And then I would say after that, when Reba McIntyre gave me the CMT award, the fans voted on it. And that, I'm going to give you three, actually. The fans voted on it. And that told me the fans are in. I've just beat these other people I never expected to beat and the fans are in, which I kind of always knew, but because of, I was voted into my career, but it was a good little reminder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Reba called me and gave me my ACM for new female vocalists, then my peers were supporting me. So those were three different things that kind of told me, you know, if, when I think about my career, the people I, I need to champion me, you know, are it's country radio, the people in my industry and the fans. Yeah. And um, I had at that point achieved all three. So that kind of gave me hope that I could do it. Yeah. Not only could you, but you did like you yeah, are doing I, it, you know, well, I was doing it. <laughs> you're crushing it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that uh... now the trick is to keep it going. That's even harder to be completely honest. Not to like, yeah, it's harder to keep it going. I don't want to be stingy, but I don't want it to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it won't. It won't stop anytime soon, I'm sure. So, another question for you, and this is, I'm super interested in what you have to say about this because having been on American Idol, if you had to pick one show you've done, I know it's a hard question. What would be your favorite show, Lauren? Would it be the Grand Ole Opry, though, probably? Probably, I mean, anytime I play the Grand, I don't feel like the Grand Ole Opry should count. Okay. I named my dog after the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, that's why I was like, <laughs> maybe this is a dumb question, actually. <laughs> so if we take the Grand Ole Opry out. Okay, okay, we'll take that out. Probably my Nashville show on my headlining tour last year. I, it was like a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I can headline my own shows. And we sold out two shows, two back-to-back shows in Nashville. And I was like, these people are here for me. 
these are my people. The first night I cried the whole night. I feel bad for those people. <laughs> like, hey, the better show was night two. The better show was night two. <laughs> I'm just like picturing that. Like you're just like trying to sing, but like also sobbing. <laughs> I don't know why when I just did that, I stuck my tongue out. I do not stick my tongue out. It's a wonder guys aren't just beating my door down. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man. So, so what do you got coming next? I mean, we talked about this album, this third album, right? You said end of the month. Is that right? So I'm finished with it. Oh, you finished no. with it. <laughs> it will be out this year and the movie will also be out this year. Awesome. Can you give us a little tease about this movie? I'm the lead. Ooh. Oh, is it like your movie? Like, is, is this about it's you? It's not about me. Okay. I was like, you said like, uh, yeah, like a true Hollywood story already, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're 26. Buckle up, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, uh, I play a completely like made up character, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so cool. It's like a romantic comedy. I, I think we'll announce it pretty soon. I can't really say much. I wish I could. I know that's an annoying answer, but no, yeah. yeah. Um, and then album will be out later this year. And uh, what else? Damn, girl, you got a long resume. <laughs> like I feel like you just can like unravel that thing. Like you now you're an actress on there. You're a lead. <laughs> I'm a supermodel. <laughs> I'm also a supermodel. I model uh, pajamas at Kroger. <laughs> um, I, and also, uh, I shot a music video with John Party, so that will be out really soon, okay. which is really a fun video. I'm, I'm like really excited about it. Ooh, awesome. The unexpected human wears a cowboy hat. Mm. What a tease <laughs> that was. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> and... Good talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing before you go. This is also a hard question. When you look back, uh, I know you're only you know 26, but you've obviously done a lot. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, so I recently got on TikTok. <laughs> oh, everybody go follow Lauren Elena on TikTok. <laughs> and I got on TikTok because there's a guy on there named Ryan, who has autism. And he and his sister have a TikTok. And one random day, his sister said, Ryan, if you could have dinner with any celebrity in the world, who would it be? And he said, can it be a female? And she said, yes. And he said, country music star, Miss Lauren Elena. No way. Wow. So I guess... I would like my legacy to be that I am the girl people would like to have dinner with. That is actually a really <laughs> cool answer. I love that. Because I thought it was such a compliment. And it, oh, it's huge. Yeah. We actually, it's on TikTok, the whole thing. So I responded and then we had a Zoom dinner date. Oh my God, that's so cool. And it was awesome. I, I posted three different videos of it, but um, he, and he said the reasons that he would want to have dinner with me is because I'm a Christian and because I'm nice and he likes my music. And I, I I think those are the three things I'd like to be known for, being a Christian, being nice, and making good music. Look at that. Nice. That was such a good answer. Like, mm -hmm. full story to answer the answer. That was great. It ain't a hobby. You are very <laughs> media savvy, I'll tell you what. Listen, I, I used to not be. The label has put me through training. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't slip up today. We tried. Yeah. We tried to slip you up, but you did <laughs> Tried to check me a couple times. <laughs> tried. But yeah, where can people find you? Whether it be TikTok, Instagram. Well, right now, they can find me in my house. <laughs> um, 
So I'm on all social media and I do run all of my pages. So Ooh. I see the DMs even if I don't respond. <laughs> she yeah. she reads them all. She just leaves them on. Read. I, yes. Actually, my entire relationship with John Party is sending him the weird DMs I get. <laughs> I did an interview the other day about it and someone DMed me and said, I'm just here to tell John Party hi. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to him and he was like, that is awesome. <laughs> so if anybody would like to say what's up to John Party, shoot me a DM on the Instagram. Well, for sure, get forward. There you go. What's your at? Is it just Lauren Elena? Just at Lauren Elena. Um, some other Lauren Elena's running around because Twitter, I'm at Lauren underscore Elena because that Lauren Elena was taken. Mm. And it's like a legit girl. I think it's actually her name. I'd like to meet her. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and then on Facebook, it's just at Lauren Elena. Perfect. Awesome. Everybody go check her out. Go follow her. Go listen to her new EP, Getting Over Him. It's awesome. And I can't wait to uh, see the music video coming out and that new album. Hope to see you uh, soon at a venue. We're getting closer every day. Oh, you're great, Lauren. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day. Absolutely. You as well. Eddie, I love you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.